0: Is your dream looking like today? Do you have a dream in your heart today? Do you have a, well, someday I'll do this, or you know what, this is something that I really want to do now, but maybe I have to wait till I get to a different segment of my life in order to fulfill those things. Or maybe you've been disappointed in your dreams, or maybe you don't even know if you have a dream because life has taken that from you. Well, it's Voice of Change, and it's Lauren Jacobs. And I'm going to be joined by the incredible Emily Janssen, and we're going to be talking all about your dream, and today I felt that this was very necessary for us to talk about. Over and over again, I meet people who ask me, Wow, you know, you've done X, Y, and Z, or you've written this book, or you've done this thing. How did you do that? How can I do that? I feel like that is my dream, but I don't know how to accomplish it. Or I I really tried that one time, but it didn't go the way that I thought it would go. And that leads to so much pain and grief and sometimes hardships in our own lives and in our own hearts. And believe me, I've faced so many disappointments in my dreams and probably a lot of the time. And for some people, they dream more easily than others. For some people, dreams are part of their personality. Like if you've ever done a Myers-Briggs personality test, you'll find that some people just naturally gravitate towards dreaming And the more you dream, you know, the more beautiful it is, but also the more hardships come, the more resistance there is. And so today on the show, I really want to get into this with you. And I, like I've said, will be joined by Emily Janssen. Now, Emily, she's an author and she has just written an incredible book called The Wilder Eden, all about dreaming. And you know her book came out of her own struggle Her own resistance against things And her own disappointment in many of the dreams that she had for herself So if there's anyone that knows and can connect with us on that level It is Emily So Emily is an author like I said She's a marketing and branding communications professional She's also a global citizen at heart And she resides in Austin, Texas And you know what she is very very passionate as well About empowering women to embrace their stories with courage, charisma and confidence. She's also a lifelong learner, and Emily is actually an incredible human being, an incredible woman with such a powerful heart to share with us about why we can be real with our dreams, why our dreams are special, and why our dreams really do matter and so today this is not going to be just an abstract conversation because when we talk about the word dreams it's very abstract isn't it it's very much like well what does it really mean but we're going to get down into the nitty-gritty today we're also going to be really really talking about you know what do we do when we face disappointment and so it's all going to be happening on the show today you don't want to go anywhere because we want to resurrect your dreams with you today and speak life into those places so Emily is with me after this, Emily, it's so good to have you with me today on the show. I know that we are going to be touching on a topic that is very close to your heart, close to my heart and probably very close to people who are listening, you know, close to their heart, something that we can all connect with and something that we need to kind of turn up the volume on today and listen in carefully. We're going to be talking about dreams. So welcome to the show. It's so good to have you here with me talking about such an important topic and one that is relevant to everybody.
1: Of course, Lauren, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's such a joy to be here. And it's such a joy
0: to be talking about dreams because you just have recently seen a huge dream of yours coming to fulfillment, your book, which I spoke about earlier on to the listeners. And it's so, so important to have a dream, to be pursuing our dreams, but also now today, really touching on how do we keep dreaming when life happens, you know, when we face disappointments, when there's different things that happen. And I think when we talk about dreams, it's very tempting to think of dreams as beautiful things, you know, wild things, wonderful things, you know, bucket list type things and imaginative things and, you know, things that we can dream of in our minds that are so beautiful. But sometimes our dreams really do end up crashing and sometimes it crashes in disappointment. How do we really get held back from dreaming when we experience disappointment or maybe we even fear disappointment. So we don't actually even think we have a dream or we don't allow ourselves to dream kind of like you don't set goals because you don't want to be disappointed. I think that was actually a movie quote, but it's like, how does all of these disappointments and even the fear of disappointment, the fear of failure, how does this keep us back from stepping out for our dreams?
1: Yeah. And I think you brought up just such an important, concept when you first were, were introducing and just kind of this notion that, you know, there's this place where all of your dreams come true, right? I mean, if we could live in Eden, right? This is the concept of the book. The Garden of Eden is this beautiful place where everything is perfect and at peace and in harmony. Everything flourishes. You have all the resources at your fingertips. You have perfect harmony and relationship with other people, and 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 the reality is that none of us are living in that garden both because the world is a broken place we are broken um but also because dreams often lead us into into drought or into the desert or into disappointments and and we're living in in a place called the Wilder Eden right it's a
0: yeah.
1: it's not quite eden it's a it's a wild and wonderful wilderness and so i just wanted to set the stage with that because i think before I can answer that question, we have to really understand where are we. And mm. each of us are in a different space and place, right? Geographically, emotionally, relationally, maybe a season of life is different, but we are all standing in our own uh, sphere of, of operation, right? We all have our, our little plot of land and mm. um, our our sort of boundary lines of life. And so one of the reasons why i think we get held back from dreaming uh when we anticipate in advance that that disappointment is just going to happen is we assume that there's not space for all of our dreams right mm-hmm. if you assume that your dream is not worthy if you assume that your dream is just going to end in disappointment or failure then you've you know prematurely written yourself off because you've assumed that there's really not space in the world to hold your dream and i think that that also begins with understanding what god thinks about your dream so if you're afraid of failure and you're afraid that if you step out people will judge your dream or laugh at your dream or not come alongside you or not be there to help you think through your dream then you know that's not that's not going to be a great place to start and I, so i really do think it starts with understanding where am I and and whose am I? I'm mm-hmm. God's child. I am wonderfully made. My dreams are worthy because God put them in me, and God has space to sit with me in my dreams and to dream with me. And if you can really start to believe that, then you don't have to fail alone. You will most likely fail in some ways. You will face resistance as you begin to step yeah. out, but you're never going to walk alone and you will never be forsaken because because God wonderfully made you. And so if you actually believe that your dream is something that God put in you, you have no reason to be afraid of failure. Hmm. I
0: love that as well. And that that really is kind of a reference and, and a reminder to be in your own story be in your own reality because I know that we can look around and we can look at other people's story and see maybe how they did something or how they maybe failed or maybe how they were disappointed or maybe we come from a family where we were were told you know oh don't have these big dreams because they're not going to happen maybe you're from a particular area or particular place and and here there's no real space for dreams you know it's just going for something specific or we just got to get up we just got to work and we don't have space for that but it's really about then being in your own story and being real in that, what does it mean if we say be in your story? What does that
1: really mean? So this is is probably my favorite concept of of my book and really of my life, right? And I think it, it sort of begins with this notion. I talk about this in the introduction to my book. We all think at times that we were given this blank journal and you pick up your pen And you start writing in the script of your life and you think, oh, this is great. I'm going to erase the parts that I don't like and I'm going to write this chapter and then this is the next chapter. And chapter three will be this and chapter Mm. four will be this. And suddenly you realize you were not given a blank journal. You were not given, uh, you know, blank pages for all of the parts of your life. Of course, there are some parts you get to to be a part of the, the storytelling process of your life. I re- refer to that as co-creating with God, right? You are the created mm-hmm. being. He is the creator. But you get to co-create and hold hands with God and write your story with him. But it really starts with recognizing, I don't have a blank journal and I can't erase all of the parts that I don't like. I can't cut out the red marked pages. I can't cut out the most painful parts. I can't, you know delete the parts of my story that were impacted by other people's choices. Maybe you're listening to this today, and you have a really broken family. You have parents who made very um, difficult, painful decisions in your childhood and your youth that impacted you. Maybe you're a child of divorce. Maybe you are divorced. Maybe you've experienced the pain of of your parents not being there for you and not being emotionally available. There's a whole list of things that can happen in our lives that we don't fully have control over. Mm. And so when you go up onto stage, I like to quote Shakespeare here, right? All the world's a stage, Mm. but, but that might be true. All the world is a stage, but only you can play your part. So to get in your story, it starts, I think with, with smiling and laughing and say okay this is my story and this is the script and in some ways I have to improvise my scene right you get up on stage you have a little bit of your your character and your scenes and your script but then suddenly something happens that you weren't expecting and you have to improvise and so I think being in your story is being flexible mm-hmm. because you just you don't have all the answers. If you looked ahead to the end of the story, you know, you're like the person who reads the last page of the book, but never took the time to read the whole Mm -hmm. story. And you know, we all like to do that. We all like to be in control. Well, okay, God, if you just told me where I'll be in four months, then I'll, I'll be happy to, to live out this story. Yeah. Well, that, that isn't true. God isn't the God of, giving away all of his mysteries and secrets the mm. the point of the journey in the story is to to walk with him in the process so yeah that co-creation process is really really important Hmm.
0: I love that as well. You know, we're not given a blank page and sometimes we think that we are, but there's ways that we can overcome the hard parts of our lives. And I think that sometimes being in your story means looking at things that you've been through and, and owning the right to your story. I was actually speaking to someone about this very thing last week, you know, when you share parts of your story that are uncomfortable, maybe to your family, you know, because maybe they part of the not so good parts of your story and you've worked through so much forgiveness, but you own the right to tell your story. Um, you know, you become authentic in your story and you become really real. They're saying, you know, this is what happened and this is where I am now. And this is, you know, what I experienced and this is the healing that I received. And it becomes so beautiful for someone else to hear those things, you know, when we are vulnerable and open about our stories and when we can be in our own story, which leads me to think about authenticity you know that that reality of being authentically yourself as we often say and people often say you know show up as yourself you know but that is actually quite difficult for some people because you know people look around at this world that is so filled with social media posts and you know competitiveness and there's influences which is exactly what the word means you know influencing decision making influence what you buy influence what you see influence how you're going to you know process life or you know apply yourself to something there's so much that goes on in this world and i'm sure you've also seen it we all see it that there's that fight against authenticity and i think that authenticity is so, so incredibly important when we come to our story, but also when we come to our dreams. And what would you say, you know, authenticity? How important is it when we, you know, refer to our dreams as well as our life story? Hmm.
1: Well, you hit on a topic that we could have a whole podcast episode on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, the authenticity piece is so crucial because if you can't be truthful with yourself about what your dream is, what you really want, what you desire, it's very difficult to then be authentic with others because you're still waffling about who you really are. Mm. You know, my therapist always says to me, replace I should with I want, right? So oftentimes when we are thinking about our dreams or I would say this is particularly in career paths, oh, I should dot, 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 because I've been doing this for 25 years, right? We should do this. We should be in this relationship. We should, you know, post a happy post on this Mm -hmm. holiday. We should maintain our image and our reputation on LinkedIn in a certain way because we don't want to let people know that we're unemployed. You know, we should think about how we present ourselves on this particular Instagram platform with this filter. So that is a whole another category of of mm. self-image and self-worth, but I would say that that authenticity really starts with with vocalizing your dream and unveiling, I like to use that word unveiling your face. I really love the the concept and idea of authenticity because to to be authentic is to be honest. And, you know, I think about that scripture in Corinthians that says we all with unveiled face beholding God's glory are being transformed from one degree of glory to the next. Are you actively beholding God's glory? Are you looking at him? Are you looking at who he is and who he's making you to be? When we present ourselves to God, God hopes that we come to him completely unveiled why because because he accepts us unconditionally he loves us unconditionally he says come as you are he says come with all of your mess and your failures and your hopes and your dreams and your disappointments and your anger and your frustration and your questions right and so we really have to get focused about unveiling our face privately before god and with ourselves i think a lot of it too is is replacing I should with I want, right? Mm-hmm. Looking at who we are today is is not asking the question, well, what should I do? I should do this. I should be in this relationship. I should present X, Y, or Z image on LinkedIn. I should be this person on Instagram. This is my image. I should do this. No, no, no. What do you want? What makes your soul sing? What makes you feel like a kid on Christmas morning? What makes you feel most connected to who you are in God? What makes you feel most connected to to who God has made you to be? Maybe that's, you know, humor. I have a friend who's just so funny and she has this gift of humor and laughter and she brings the joy of laughter to the world in a really special, unique way. I have another friend who's just a phenomenal interior designer. She's a mother of two. She has... A lot of things on her plate, but she creates and brings beauty into the world through that artistic expression. And and even my story, I just share this because I think this is really important to authenticity. I lost my job in early January. It was not a part of my plan. I was laid off, Um, you know, not a performance issue, but I suddenly found myself in January without a job and questioning who I really was. And I was very worried about my future. I was very worried about the book launch. I was worried about what am I going to do with my life? What, how am I going to tell people what happened? How am I going to look on LinkedIn as all of these people are announcing their new jobs and I'm sitting here and in, 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 you know not having my own job? Mm-hmm. So in those moments, you have to let God love you. You have to let God sit with you and you can't love people in slices, and that includes yourself. You can't love this slice, but not that slice and so authenticity I think is is choosing to love yourself fully because God loves you fully, and then thinking through, okay, how do I vocalize my dream? um you know, I think there's a misconception that that we have to hold our dreams close to our chest until they're fully baked yeah well we can't we can't share. We can't share authentically on Instagram that we're actually right in the middle of a really messy editing process, right? We can't share that. Oh, I'm writing my book while I'm unemployed. We can't share. Oh, I'm writing this book, and even as I'm writing it, I have to embody my story, and you know, I'm having a difficult time in my singleness. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, those are things that I think the world wants to hear. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. it's not. It's not to cast shame on ourselves or to express weakness. I think it's expressing weakness so that so that people see how authentic we are being Mm. and then they can respond. I will also say, though, that there's a time and a place for privacy. So, yeah, I don't think that social media is a platform that is calling us to unveil and spill the beans Mm. on every private matter we have in our life. In fact, I would say, you know, have I prayed about it before I've talked about it? Um, have I actually taken the time to authentically reflect on, you know, with my closest friends and with God and with, you know, my, my, my mentors, what is it that I'm going through and, and how can I process, you know, this, this moment in my life with both authenticity, but also humility. Mm. So, Yeah.
0: I love this as well because you're touching on you're touching on so many important things that I think we need to remember there's become this whole move today where people just share on open spaces, you know, about things that they're going through, but yet like you said, have you prayed about it? Are you talking to people that you're actually closest to? It can be quite hard and dangerous and even more disappointing sharing things on social media almost like an open diary and then, you know, that can be quite harmful and I think it's good that you're reminding us that you know Authenticity and vulnerability and openness also looks like, you know, being in a space with people that are close to you and, you know, people that mentor you, people that you trust. And then also, you know, also sharing parts of our story, which is very, very important. And again, like, you know, if you're in a process with something and you know, you do feel like it's okay to share something like, I think it's so powerful what you were saying of like, Oh, I'm busy, you know, writing my story, I'm writing my book, for example, but I'm, I'm unemployed right now. But I'm writing through this, you know, and, and I think that's so powerful, because it's so encouraging to go, you know, I don't actually have to have everything together in order to pursue my dream. I don't have to have everything perfect. And all the time in the world to pursue my dream, you know, I can do it even when things are messy, or I can still go for things even when it's hard, you know? And I think that we do want to hear one another's stories. And I think it's so important to hear one another's stories. And and even if it's just in close spaces, you know, friendship spaces or circles as we like to call them and I think that this is so powerful and I really want to leave the listeners with us as we go to a quick music break. I know that there's still so much that we're going to talk about and we don't want you to go anywhere as you're listening to us today because Emily is still going to be with me. We're going to get into how do we confront disappointments when they do come to our dreams because I know that for some of you listening today you've actually have faced disappointments and maybe you're afraid to dream and maybe you're saying okay, well, God gave me a dream and it didn't work out, you know, and it didn't work out the way I thought. How do I confront this disappointment? We want to answer those questions for you. We want to give you some encouragement after this song. So enjoy some music and don't go anywhere. We'll be with you soon again. You're with me, Lauren Jacobs here today on Voice of Change and Emily is with me. We've been talking about How do I keep dreaming? You know, what does it mean to be in our story? How important is authenticity? When it comes to our dreams, can we expect disappointments? And, you know, it's so important for us to, like I said earlier on in the show, turn up the volume and say, hey... You know, I want to be part of this conversation. I want to say, you know, how can I learn to confront my disappointments and how can I consistently be going for my dreams with bravery and courage? And Emily, that brings me to, you know, speaking about probably what is really at the heart of this conversation today. How do we really confront our disappointments when it comes to our dreams? How do we face that? Because I know that a lot of people in life do confront disappointments and have even gone for a God dream and it didn't work out the way they thought, you know, that it would. How do we confront that?
1: Well, I think a really, really important uh, component of the confrontation of, of a disappointment is really to just simply lament it and acknowledge it, right? And part one of my book, I talk about what does it look like to really just acknowledge the problem, the pain or the disappointment? Sometimes I think we don't give value and worth to the fact that our dream is so meaningful and special and, and personal to us. We think, Oh no, 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 no. I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be this upset about it. I shouldn't be lamenting this. It's not that big of a deal. You know, in in one of the chapters of my book, I say, the, the title of the chapter is, oh, it was just a dream, right? And I think sometimes we sort of brush it off or sweep it under the rug and we think, oh, that was just a silly dream of mine. You know, I, I don't need to to make such a big deal about lamenting this. No, but, but actually it is a big deal because it wasn't just a dream. It was your dream. And because it was your dream, it matters. And it matters to, to God and it also matters to the world because – Most likely your dream had something to do with your childhood or an experience you had or something that you subconsciously had hoped for for many years of your life. Um, Maybe it was something that you once experienced. You know, it was the the not yet dream. Maybe it was the I've held this and now I've lost it dream. Maybe it was the deferred dream. Maybe it was the detour dream, right? But what I like to say in my book is, the deferral or de- you know delay or detouring of all those dreams does not mean denial, and mm-hmm. so you have to live with this moment of okay, I'm gonna I'm going to lament what has happened. I'm not gonna become a narcissist of my own narrative. I'm not gonna have my Eeyore umbrella. Ho hum. It's such a great day. Mm-hmm. Nothing's ever mm-hmm. gonna change. Yeah. Right. That's not that's not what God is calling us to be. You know, he doesn't want us to be victims of our own stories, Hmm. but there is a proper time to, to grieve and, and to particularly grieve the loss and death of something. It it might be a person. It might be a relationship. It might be something that you realize may never happen. It, It could be that, You thought you're going to have a baby and and actually you're never going to be able to naturally have a baby. Mm. Um, It might be years of singleness. It might be divorce. It might be financial loss. It might be watching someone else get the promotion that you thought you were going to get, right? Um, And so that's the first step. The second step would be to recognize that holding things loosely means knowing that God is going to resurrect your dreams. And Mm -hmm and is going to, to create rebirth and, and renewal in your dream. Maybe your dream ha- feels like it's died, but God wants to rebirth it into mm-hmm. something more beautiful. Maybe his dream for you is part of what you've been dreaming, but maybe he has another method or path or you know means or way that he's going to bring it about. Maybe it's going to be through you know, allowing him to kind of mold and shape some of the components of your dream. You know, I always wanted to uh, get picked up by, you know, a very wonderfully known publishing house, you know, HarperCollins or Penguin or whatever. And I didn't. I was rejected by many, many literary agents Mm -hmm. and publishers. I was told that, you know, you would need to pay $50,000 to publish your book. Well, did God write off my dream entirely? No. Uh, I still got to publish my book, but it happened through hybrid publishing, which is when you, um, you know, write a book and you get it very close to the finish line. And then you have the opportunity to work with a, a publisher who helps you get across the finish line with the last 20%. So, you know, there's ways that God comes alongside of us and grieves, And mourns with us and he has great, great empathy. And then he says, "Okay, I know this didn't work out the way you wanted, but I'm still here. I'm still fighting for you and I'm still willing to partner with you to take the next step.
0: Hmm. Thank you so much. I also just really am so grateful to hear parts of your story as well, because I know that a lot of people have experienced similar where they write a book, because I've met a lot of people who are aspiring writers and they want to write something. And then they always think that the end goal is to be in one of those big publishing houses. And that's not everybody's story. You know, it's a very small percentage of people who have that story. You know, big publishers publish very small amounts of books every year, you know, so there's so many different ways to go about doing that. I love that you shared that with us. And so I'm really grateful for that and, you know, for you sharing how to confront our disappointments and how meaningful and special our dream is, because I think we need to be reminded of that. And I was also thinking that, you know, sometimes people don't face disappointments, but life just really happens. You know, maybe a dream has died because life took a different turn or you went into a different stage of life. How do we deal with that? Maybe there's been no real disappointment, but it's like, oh gosh, now I'm in a different phase of my life. My dream seems to have died, you know, is how, how do we cope with that?
1: Yeah. Well, I have to credit the Beatles and Ecclesiastes a little bit, you know, to everything, turn, 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 there's (laughs) a season, turn, 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 there's a time for everything. And if you read that passage in Ecclesiastes, what stands out to me is that it's not really about a clock. It's not about, oh, you know, now I have to segment my life with this particular time period. Okay, these 10 years, I'm going to be doing this. And okay, now I'm raising children. And so I really can't pursue my dream for 20 years because I've got to get my kids graduated. And Mm -hmm. I've got to keep them alive and fed and safe and healthy. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and you think like, in these chronological time periods, but actually life goes in seasons and stages and cycles. There's like what I like to call thresholds, right? There's threshold Mm -hmm. where we're sitting in the boundary lines of God's calling on our life for a particular season or time period. And then, and then suddenly we face a new threshold. We, we think, Oh, you know, my dream was to do X. And actually right now my life took a different turn and I'm doing Y well, how can I how can I bridge my dream with my current calling? How can I bridge what I'm currently doing with with maybe this dream I have to um to start this business or to become a best-selling author or maybe it's it's I really really want to do vol- this volunteer work with other women and help younger women and mentor them or maybe it's I'm really an entrepreneur at heart, but I just have to put bread on the table and I have to take this particular job so I can pay the bills. So I like to say that you begin negotiating with yourself because there is a, there is that concept, you know, you can have it all. But Mm. I personally believe you can have it all. You just can't have it all at the same time. So there's a negotiation process that happens and we all make choices and, some of my friends have chosen to have children earlier in life. I'm 36. I'm not married. I'd love to have a child someday. Mm. Um, you know, my time period for that is probably going to be a little bit later in life and mm. maybe I'll end up fostering children. Maybe I'll adopt. Maybe I'll, um, be with someone who already has children. So there's, there's a negotiation that takes place. And, mm. and then you realize, you know, the appointed times that God has for us is truly a mystery it's it says in the bible um you know for from him and through him and to him are all things and no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no heart has ever imagined what god has prepared for those who love him and so living with mystery is i think a huge part of 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 owning up to either the disappointment of dreams or the waiting so that you can pursue your dream. Um, if we if we can really live in that mystery and live in the nuance of what's happening in the present, I think it will really help us to keep dreaming.
0: Hmm. It's incredible, you know, we often think of that scripture in Ecclesiastes that says, you know, for everything there's a time in life and for everything there's a season. And then like like you said life though isn't segmented and it shouldn't be a thing of, well I have to do this first because before I can actually just get to that point where I can step out and just really live in my dream or really go for what I really feel God has placed inside of me. I have to wait for the perfect moment. But we also recognize, of course, that, you know, life does happen and things can get really hard. But I think it's it's the beauty of God to really dream inside of us and to be dreaming things inside of us that we get to really live out and pursue that. And I always think of it like that, that God dreams within us. You know, He because the dreams, when our hearts are surrendered to Him and we believe in Him, the dreams that we have are reflections of the dreams that he has for us. You know, like it says in the Bible that he knits us together in our mother's womb. And so he knows everything that we're going to do. And then when you fulfill your dream, and you're pursuing your dream, there is a joy, there is a contentment, and there's just such life in it. And it's incredible. And Emily, I can't believe, though, there was, you know, things I still wanted to ask you that we've just come to the end of our time together. But you know what? I wanted us to close today with, you know... Meaningful prayer from you. If you would love to be able to just pray over anyone that's listening today, that's maybe sitting there, maybe disappointed or maybe trying to figure out their dream or just, you know, anything that goes around that. It it would be such a blessing to have you pray for us today, you know, and if you would do that for us, it would be such a joy.
1: I'd be happy to do that. And, and Lauren, I'd be happy to pray for you too. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. Well, if you're listening to this and you're listening to Lauren in, in South Africa and, and me over here in Austin, Texas, I just pray a blessing upon you and knowing that you are seen and you are loved and you are heard and you are known. And so God of, of heaven, I pray that you would take the, the waste places, the, the places that feel desolate, the, the places that feel like they're in vain and that you would take those desolate places and make them into a, a new garden, a new wilder Eden, that you would take those places and that you would allow them to flourish. And I pray that that everyone that is listening today would stand their ground and would remember that you are fighting for them. Lord, so often we we think that we have to run away from our our present circumstances or our present pain or our present disappointment and grief. And it's just so, it's so hard to face the things that have, that have disappointed us. But I pray that you would allow us to be courageous and to stand firm and to stand our ground and to look at those things and to smile because you're molding and shaping us into, into gold Mm -hmm. that you're burning away the dross that you're burning away, the things that need to be refined by fire, and you are you you promise in Job that you will help us come forth as gold. And so I just pray that over anyone who is tempted to doubt your goodness, tempted to feel like you're not in their story, that you don't care, that you're stingy, that you're not listening. Um, and we pray that our dreams would take shape into kingdom dreams and that those dreams would flourish and thrive um, and bear much fruit for your kingdom. And we pray that through our dreams, we would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living and that we would see mm-hmm. you work in places that feel so desolate and feel so uh, just at our wits end. And I just thank you that you promised to show up when we feel like we are in, in the corner and that we have nowhere else to go. So we just thank you that you don't, you don't corner us into our disappointments. You, you meet us right where we are and you bring us out into spacious places. Um, and so we thank you that you promise to come alongside us in our dreams. We pray that we would dream with you and we would dream bigger dreams and better dreams that you have envisioned for us in your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Emily, I want to say thank you so much for being with me today. This has been a huge blessing, you know, to me today to be talking to you, to be hearing all these things, to be making some notes, to be learning and to just sharing the wisdom that God has given you. It's been such a blessing. And I want to say for me that I just pray that God will richly bless you, your book and every single thing that you still want to do for him, with him, through him and by him and all of of the dreams that you carry inside of you as well, that those will come to completion and fruition in his perfect time and season. And again, it's been so good to have you. So thank you so much.
1: Of course. Thank you so much, Lauren, and and blessings on your dreams and happy Easter. Thank you so much. Take care. Okay, bye.
0: There's so many things that Emily said that I really loved, but there was one thing that I really wanted to highlight. And she said that we assume there's not enough space in this world for all of our dreams. And so, you know, that is so powerful when we assume that, you know, someone else's dream is more important or someone else's dream is more worthy or it's more, you know, obtainable or reachable. Or it makes more sense You know, sometimes people feel guilty about their dreams Because they think, well, maybe I'm being selfish Or maybe this is not God's will for me Or maybe I shouldn't be dreaming that thing Maybe I should just settle for a small life But maybe God is calling you to a big life And you know what? Your dreams hold value And they are worthwhile because just like Emily reminded us, God placed those dreams inside of you. I always believe that when your heart is surrendered to God, you can truly trust what has been spoken into your heart, what has been saying within you, what He is speaking to you. And that is why we always say you've got to have a God sized dream. Not just because God is so big and our dreams need to be big But because a God-sized dream means that God put it into your heart And if God places a dream inside your heart You know that he can walk with you That he will walk with you To fulfilling that dream Yes, there will come resistance Sometimes there will be disappointments But you know what? Sometimes God just has a different way of doing it or you know, a different method or a different time frame. It doesn't mean that that thing wasn't for you. Maybe just not in the way you thought it would be. And I know because I speak to myself here preaching to the choir. You know sometimes we need to hear these powerful messages and I consider today's message as being one of power. I have taken away so much and I pray that you have been blessed and I'm so grateful that you joined myself and Emily today because this has been a wonderful conversation. I pray that you've experienced a Resurrection, maybe a tiny little ember, you know, burning afresh inside your heart that's just starting after you've listened to Voice of Change today to say, Yes, okay, actually, maybe I need to think about it. And if you're sitting there right now and you don't know if you have a dream or you don't know what it should be, really take time over this weekend to pray and seek God because He has a God sized dream for you. And he has one for me and he wants us to pursue those dreams. So may God richly bless you as you seek him. May he speak your dream into existence and may he give you the vision to fulfill it. Until next week, take care and God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, seven to nine AM. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.